0: Hello, this is your host, Dana Schaefer. Welcome to the Shadow Society, where I will share creepy, true stories. We meet each week right here, and if you have a true story you'd like to share about ghosts, cryptids, demons, head-scratchers, time-slips, stalkers, close calls, intruders, and more, if it's creepy and it happened to you, we want to hear it. And it might just be included in one of the next meetings of the Shadow Society. Send them to shadowsocietypodcast at gmail.com or check the links in the description. Now on to the stories. Dim the lights, light a candle, and remember, don't let the shadows in. My terrifying story happened when I was about 16. Now I'm almost 21. I'd stayed at home only by myself for two days. It wasn't something unusual or scary at all but I will remember that night for the rest of my life. About 11 p.m., I had been on my phone talking with my friend when I heard a strange noise outside. It was like someone or something hit the garage bin. I thought that maybe it was my neighbor's cat. I told my friend about it, and she laughed and said that maybe it was a ghost. We started joking about it. About an hour later, we finished our conversation. I checked downstairs if all the doors were closed and decided to go to sleep. I brushed my teeth and turned off all the lights. When I was laying in bed, I realized I left my phone downstairs and I had to go get it. When I got downstairs, I looked at the big windows in the living room and froze with fear. In the window, I saw a black silhouette of a human. Just standing there on the patio and staring right into the house. I was so scared that I couldn't even move. After a while, I sprinted to the kitchen, grabbed the phone, and called my uncle. He's a policeman and lives on the same street. I was so terrified that I only whispered to him, Someone is standing on the patio. When my uncle arrived, The man on the patio saw his car and started running away. My uncle didn't manage to catch him. He came into my house and tried to calm me down. I immediately burst into tears when I saw him. That night, my uncle stayed at my house and told my aunt to take care of me at their house. Just a few days later, when my parents came home, I got a call from my uncle who told me that just a day earlier, there was a man standing on the patio of his neighbor's house and the police had caught him. He also said that supposedly this man was insane, because he just kept saying, I can see you, and laughed all the time. Well, after several years, I'm still thinking what would have happened if I hadn't come downstairs. I love listening to creepy podcasts, and when this happened, we had been listening to a lot of podcasts about black-eyed kids, I find them just as fascinating as I find them terrifying. My wife and I had gone out on a date night. Before we headed home, there was something we needed to throw away out of the truck. This was years ago, and I've long forgotten what that was probably a leaky cup or something like that. We happened to be near my work, so I pulled around to the dumpster. The dumpster is right next door to a school. It was quiet and there was no one around because it was late at night. There was a pretty impressive lightning storm happening too that just gave the place an eerie feeling. When I put the truck in park, an uneasy feeling came over me. It made me take a closer look before getting out of the truck, just to make sure there wasn't anyone there. I didn't see anybody, so I got out and walked up to the dumpster, opened the lid, and threw away the trash. As soon as the lid was closed, the kid showed up out of nowhere. He looked to be about seven at the most. He startled me. There are houses not too far away, but at this time of night, and the age of the kid, it made me wonder what in the world was he doing there by himself. Before I could say anything, he politely asked if I could let him into my truck. Not that he needed a ride. He wanted in my truck a deep sense of dread and a little bit of terror came over me. I just wanted to get away from him. It didn't feel right. He asked again. I told him no and that he needed to go home. He said he needed to get into my truck. He didn't seem like a kid who was afraid or needed help. He seemed more annoyed that I wasn't letting him get into the truck. Right then, a flash of lightning lit the sky for a split second, and I swear that his eyes were completely black. I got into the truck and slammed the door shut as fast as I could. I locked it immediately and then put it in drive. I looked for the kid to make sure I didn't run over him, but he was gone. I was freaked out. I asked my wife if she had seen or heard the kid, and she hadn't. She'd been playing on her phone and had the radio going. I couldn't be a 100% if he was a black-eyed kid or not, or maybe he was just lost or wandering where he shouldn't be, and I've listened to far too many stories. Either way, it felt wrong. Something wasn't right. As promised, I have more stories to tell about my childhood at the Parsonage. I'm going to try to cover a few years, so forgive me if it seems like I'm jumping around. After I saw the shadow person standing in my living room, things got a lot worse. I started experiencing hardcore sleep paralysis. Or I would have incredibly realistic lucid dreams. In my dreams, I would get up, get ready for school, go to the car with my mom, and then be right back in bed. This cycle would repeat over and over. The dreams would be so real that I would check to see if I was dreaming during my dream. My reflection was the same. I could feel the soles of my feet on the ground, and I could read text messages on my phone. I've heard you're not supposed to be able to read in dreams, but my brain didn't get the memo. As frustrating as the repeating Groundhog's Day dreams were, they had nothing on the dreams with the hag. I would open my eyes, unable to move, a prisoner to my bed. I would hear her first. She did the croaking thing like the girl on the grudge, except it was a little more vocal. She would crawl across the floor to the foot of the bed. I would feel her cold body against mine as she crawled under the covers towards my face. She looked a lot like the grudge girl, except she was Caucasian and only had whites for eyes. Her smell was a damp, rancid smell, like the dumpster behind a seafood restaurant. She would place her hands on my face and dig into me with her long nails. Thankfully, that's when I would wake up. When I finally awoke, I would be confused, aggravated, and scared. I remembered having goosebumps from her cold touch. When it was nighttime, I would wake up from nightmares to see shadow people in my room. As I blinked to adjust to the dark, they would disappear. This happened nightly. One shadow person even appeared right before my face at the edge of my bed when I heard a loud popping noise that woke me up. I struck out in instinct only to see my hand disappear into the black mass before the shadow vanished and I could see my arm again. On a separate occasion, I could hear the deafening scream coming from my weight bench. I jolted awake and saw a shadow sitting on my weight bench looking at me. I could feel hate and anger pouring out of it towards me. I remember lying in bed, trying to keep my eyes closed, only for my bed to start breathing in and out, like I was lying on the chest of a giant. I would hear random, loud taps against the walls and heavy footsteps, sometimes soft moans. It was all a part of the torture, the sleep deprivation, and constant stress made me feel like I was going crazy. But life went on, I still had to get up every day. I just had to accept the supernatural as being natural, and there would be long times of no activity. But I have to say, I was glad when others started to experience things. My across-the-street neighbor was one of my best friends. Me and another mutual friend, Brian, had just returned from hanging out across the street. No cars were under the carport, meaning my mom and dad were out. So when we came in... We were being loud, goofy middle schoolers. There was a vanity with a mirror in the foyer that faced the dining room and kitchen. As we walked down the hallway, we clearly see our reflections and the kitchen behind us. In the reflection, my mom walked up behind us to a kitchen counter and leaned over it. It was as clear as day. She had her glasses on, her purse, and a little notepad she carried around. Oh, Mom, I thought you were gone, I said as I turned around. Nothing was there, and I thought I had imagined it. Like how you think you see something if you pass a doorway quick enough. But Brian's face was pale. He had seen her too. He told me she was leaning over the counter with her notepad. Let's just say we decided to go back over to our friend's house. What sort of entity was this that it used my mom's likeness to scare me? I had a step-nephew, more like a little brother. He was five years younger than me and annoying as heck, but I still loved him. He would stay over and sleep on a mattress in my room. I was 13 and had my own room by now. There was the weight bench with at least 250 pounds on it in the corner of the room. I had put all the weights on the bar to clean up the floor. Plus, it had 50 more pounds on the leg lift. So hyper-annoying nephew won't go to sleep keeps talking, keeps wanting stories, so I start telling him all the scary stuff so he'll be scared and quiet. I get onto it and give every creepy detail. His face started looking more and more frightened as the story continued. All of a sudden, the weight bench that was across the room rocks like it had been kicked. The metal weights all clang together, making a loud racket. Above the weight bench, a small blue orb winked into existence and shot up into the roof. We agreed to change the subject and maybe watch a comedy movie. There was an instance when the windows in the front dining room had somebody knocking at them as I did homework. I ran to the window and clearly saw the back of my friend's head while he ducked down. I called across the street to get his older brother to come get him or help me scare him back. As I stood looking out the window to his house, I heard my friend answer. He had no idea what I was talking about. He even came to his window and waved at me. I had been watching his house the whole time. Finally, when I was around 17 or 18, I was in my room trying to sleep. I've always been religious and was praying. I heard a loud, clear growl about three feet from me. At this point in my life, I was sick of it and started cursing at whatever it was. My mom opened the door to see what was wrong and to scold me for dropping multiple F-bombs. She told me she heard the growl from the hallway. It was so clear she thought it was from my video games and I was cursing into my headset. There is a last thing that I could use help with if somebody knows what it is. I was woken up again in my room, and in my closet was a glowing white face with black holes for eyes. It looked like one of those masquerade or drama masks. It looked almost identical to the very last scene of Insidious 3, when the psychic lady sees the white face in her home right before the credits. Except this was years before, and director's commentary says the writers got a lot of inspiration from real accounts of the paranormal. I even had another friend when I was an adult tell me about seeing the face in his closet without knowing my story. If anybody knows the meaning or significance, please let me know. It's been one of the countless questions on my mind for years. Well, that's all from my high school and middle school days. I wish it would have ended there. But there is one last terrifying chapter to this story. What happens when a boy who's haunted meets a girl who's haunted too? It's been a while. I'm so glad to be back with you guys again. I hope you all had a great holiday season. And as always, I hope you enjoyed these true stories and will join us again next week. If you did like it, please subscribe and share with your friends. Feel free to leave a review, and remember, we'd like to hear your stories too. Also, come visit us on Facebook and Instagram. This concludes this week's meeting of the Shadow Society. Until next time, don't let the shadows in.